Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. If you've ever had the desire to build your own business from the ground up, you'll want to hear from today's guest. In this episode, I'm joined by David Pereira, a Navy combat veteran and Purple Heart recipient. David is the owner of Phoenix, a personal training facility located in New Jersey, and the creator of the Beyond Fitness program. As a well-trained fitness professional, he offers valuable insight on his experience as a business owner and life coach. David is passionate about helping successful people develop a mental toughness mindset that allows them to shift their perspectives and excel in more aspects of their lives. If you'd like to speak with David about anything we've discussed in this episode, please see the show notes for his contact information. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for a future podcast, I'd love to hear from you please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, David. Thanks for joining the show. Hey, Megan. Thanks for having me. I'm excited today. Yeah, I'm excited to have you too. We haven't talked very much. We were introduced via somebody else, but I was you know, able to do some research on you and your background, and I thought you'd be a really cool guest to have on. So this is kind of, you know, the audience's first time meeting you. This is my intro to you as well. So can you just tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. Uh, again, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm excited for um, for this today's show. Uh, yeah, my name is David Pereira. Uh, I am a Navy veteran. Um, I actually can never decide what I actually am in terms of status because now I'm still in because of uh, reserve duty. So I don't know if I say veteran or not, but I'm still in the Navy, uh, 12 years in this past August, um, first class, uh, attached to the Marine Corps. Um, that's what I do military side and then Navy, uh, civilian side. I am a owner of a gym, uh, facility called, uh, Phoenix. It is a high-end personal training gym, specialized in one-on-one personal training. Uh, the majority of the people that I train, however, are pretty successful alpha what they do CEOs and executives so most of my training is done on mindset before it is even done uh, with physical like um, expectations and it's extracting the best out of most of them and and getting them to get to these goals and also use what they actually do well in many facets of their life careers and families to apply it to fitness or apply it to nutrition so mm-hmm. that's why I dubbed the term, you know, health coach, mindset coach, life coach. Yeah, that's really cool. So has fitness always been a passion of yours or, you know, have you ever had any other career paths in mind? Career paths? Yes. Uh, I was actually, fitness was something, I mean, for anybody who's probably gotten into fitness, they know the flexibility of it, right? And I was a science major once I got home from deployment. Uh, I was a science major, so a bio degree uh, was my undergrad. And I was honestly uh, thinking that I was just going to pursue PA school to be a physician assistant. I was going to specialize in surgery of some kind. I loved the idea of being in orthopedic surgery, emergency surgery. I love to operate, obviously, in that sense. That's where a lot of my time and effort was going with my undergrad. Fitness was the thing that allowed me to work while being a full-time student. And if anybody's ever been a science major, you know how many you know classes you take, but not only that, the the lectures and labs are extensively longer than other classes. So your your ability to work is is significantly limited. So fitness was one of those things that stood out for me. It was something that always uh, came easy for me, and also allowed me to kind of connect with people, which I love to do. 
Um, but finishing toward the end of my uh, degree, I realized how much I actually enjoyed the business end of fitness. And I got the same fulfillment in uh, gratification of getting people to their goals and getting people to really change their lives for the better. The same way you would get, you know, doing some like medical procedures, life-saving interventions and stuff like that. So that was where my life was headed. And then I pivoted more into fitness. Mm -hmm. And so now you're kind of on this journey as an entrepreneur. So, you know, to talk about that, I know you, you have a personal training facility. So is that kind of what led into that is just this desire to help others be their best. And then, you know, was there anything else that kind of drove you to want to open a fitness studio? Well, yeah, that was a, that, that was a, something that evolved, right? So in the, in the idea of like, starting with fitness because it was, you know, helpful with my schedule. Then I understood the business end of, you know, fitness. And I understood like how you can actually make it into a career. And plus the environment, my environment played a big role. Like I said, I, I trained a lot of successful people. I, I trained a lot of, you know, um, people who are simply like just crushing it at what they do. And through process of like wanting to connect with your client, you have to do a couple things. One of those things is potentially educate yourself on where they actually come from in order to relate. And business was that, that equalizer for, uh, for me. So in doing so, I understood the more entrepreneurial route. I understood what it was to connect to them and the osmosis of wanting to be on their level, have these articulate conversations, uh, continue to evolve. And that's where this, this kind of idea of turning fits into a business and then also putting my spin on it, on it, which was like, obviously my military background, my experiences, and that made me successful within fitness with these clients, within these communities, uh, just made sense. So I just dove in, you know, uh, head first with that. Mm -hmm. Now, do you, do you feel like a lot of other veterans, um, go on to do pursue something in fitness? Cause I feel like I do talk to a lot of veterans that are personal trainers, um, but obviously you took that next step to opening your business. So was that something where you had been a personal trainer at, you know, another gym or something before, or, um, kind of how did that come about? Well, this is what I think can separate personal trainers. And anybody who's within fitness, uh, there's a stigma behind personal training in general, because it's such a, uh, easy entry point, let's call it. Some people can do an online certification, not knowing nothing, anything about it. There's a difference between the people who do it because they have to, right? They, they have no other, you know, skill set or they didn't, you know, they're not passionate about anything else and it's an easy certification. And those who do it because they genuinely want to, right? A lot of the trainers who, who are successful uh, that I personally know, uh, pre-law, pre-med, in real estate, like all these other things like that could potentially leave you or lead you, excuse me, to a successful and you know wonderful life and career but they found a passion within fitness that allowed them to separate themselves and give it a new meaning and so for me specifically fitness is exactly that i didn't have to do fitness because it was the only thing i was good at or it came easy i did it because i wanted to i understood the business and how i could turn it into a career specifically and how i can continue to help others that was what that's the stimulating force behind me diving into it. So do I feel like a lot of veterans can dive into it? 
Of course, a thousand percent. You 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 know with what you, you go with what you know. And <laughs> if you're in the military, nine times out of ten, you got you got PT under your belt. You got 19 gyms all over the course of the base. You know you have access that's there. Fitness is a normal occurrence and a normal thing. So they you know go with what they know. It's whether or not you are going to tap into a new level, separate yourself, or you're going to do it and turn your wheel and until you find something else to go do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's definitely a good point, and that's kind of what I was getting at is that I think that the reason why it seems to be such a natural transition out of the military is because of the physicality that you have in your job when you're in the military. And so a lot of times when veterans leave active, active duty, and I'm sure that you can relate to this as well, you're looking for some sort of sense of familiarity to carry over into your new career. And so I think that's why certain things like fitness, law enforcement are just more of a natural fit. A thousand percent. It's like, it's the structure and it's the discipline behind it, right? Law enforcement's obviously the structure. It's paramilitary in some sense. So it gives you that idea of I'm just transitioning into another, you know, market, right? Let's call it that. For for fitness, there's a certain level of discipline that comes with having this certain level of fitness, right? Um, and, and that is the consistency of doing it. The, I don't need anybody to kind of tell me what to do. I can get up and go do it myself. Uh, of course, there's a level of vanity and aesthetic purpose to it, and that stimulates, you know, someone's idea of, you know, pursuing fitness. Um, and it's, again, it's something that you're good at. Nine times out of ten, you know, you have one up on the competition. The competition is, you know, uh, I'm using as civilians, you know, when you get out of uh, the military, let's call it after one enlistment, you're 20-something years old. You're typically more fit than the general population. And same thing as life goes on, right? If you stay in the military and you know get out a little bit later, you're you're even more fit than that population of uh, of your age group and your demographic and so on and so forth. So, super easy to kind of make that connection because of those two traits specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now, you know, you obviously got into it because one of your driving forces behind what you wanted to do was to help people. But I'm sure there was, you know, a business aspect in there as well, because, you know, starting your own business, you can be very successful. So was that kind of scary for you, though, going out on a limb and just starting something completely on your own versus, you know, being hired into really any company in corporate America? No, it no, it wasn't. But I guess in the eyes of someone else, it could have could have been right. Like it's all about, and, and I definitely think this is what the military has uh, given me in terms of uh, a skill set um, is a frame of reference, right? Anybody who's in the military who has undergone, you know, any hard training, hardship, uh, crazy experience with, you know, being on deployment or anything like that, you have a frame of reference, right? You like, oh, I can think back to when something was significantly harder than what I'm potentially doing now. Right. And that allows you to surmount that experience that you're currently in. So as it pertains to business, I honestly kept an idea or a mindset of saying, what is actually worse? You know, and I've had worse experiences, obviously, in the military. I've had more significant experiences in the military with more serious, you know, um, let's call it repercussions or um, results. Right. So. For me, failing in business, right, it not working out, um, I trust myself enough to figure it out. Like, that's the kind of personality that I have. Like, I'm going to go find either the right resources, mentors, um, you know, educational tools to, to get there. But the other thing is, like, what is the worst that can happen? And for me, it was like, 
the worst of business, you know, toppling over is not the worst that I've ever experienced. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. That's, I do think that that's something that distinguishes veterans from the general population is that you do, like you said, you have this frame of reference where worst case scenario for you is a lot different than worst case scenario for someone who maybe hasn't been in those types of um, experiences. So I think that's a good thing to point out and something that's encouraging for our listeners, for people who also might, you know, have this dream to go out and start their own um, their own business, no matter what it is. And they might have a little bit of fear around, you know, what if it doesn't succeed? And like you said, even if it doesn't, that's not the worst thing that could happen to you. Yeah, it's it, as, a, as a veteran getting out, right? Like, because I, I would like to think, especially because of like a lot of my Marines who got out post-deployment, a lot of them have chips on their shoulders, like for no reason, right? Like, and not in a bad way, but a chips in the show, on your shoulder in the sense of like, uh, life owes me something, society owes me something, these people, you know, civilian world owes me something. So if you have a chip on your shoulder, then you should trust yourself enough to figure it out. If not, you know, you challenge yourself to figure it out and don't let you know, anything else be the result of your circumstances, right? Don't let anything else dictate why you don't succeed at something because at the end of the day, that frame of reference, the hardships that you face or your 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 plain old experience, it should be the reason why you have one up on people, right? And if you're mm-hmm. able to kind of flip that switch, have that mindset shift, um, that is something that's going to actually point you down the right road, down the right path of, you know, figuring it out. So this might be backtracking a little bit. I should have asked you this at the beginning about the name of your um, the name of your gym. Like, what can you tell everyone what it is and even the origin of it, if you can share that? Yes. Uh, so the name of my gym is Phoenix, uh, specifically Phoenix Anglewood. Um, I'm gonna tangent for now, but uh, it's a one-off location, right? Called Phoenix Anglewood. But the, even the mindset in me calling it Phoenix Anglewood more times when I tell other people that they're like, well, where's your other locations, right? He's simply <laughs> putting the location in there. And that was a business, a keen business move for me to make, because obviously I see that for myself in terms of building other locations, remote locations, whatever. So that already puts that <laughs> juju in the world. Um, the second thing, uh, just to get back to your, your question was, um, is, excuse me, uh, my, the name of my gym is Phoenix spelled F E N I X. Now, I didn't want to be cliche. I didn't want to be the, you know, classic Phoenix rise from the ashes. That's the name of our gym. That's what we're going for. But I I took it a step further and thought, why Phoenix? With that play on words, F being, you know, some kind of alliteration on the word fitness, some play on the word fitness. Um, Then FE is the actual, is the actual, um, uh, periodic table of elements uh, signed for iron and iron sharpens iron. Iron can be remolded and repurposed and reused. And all these people that I come across, all the clients that I've had the um, you know the the ability to train and and be exposed to, they are like I said, they do something very well, right, in their professional careers. And how do I get to change that, remold that, repurpose that? into their health and fitness, which for m- many of them, they put on the back burner, right? They, they've, they've had this trade-off for their own personal health and uh, personal fitness and nutrition for a good amount of their lives for them to benefit in other aspects. So I repurpose you know, the skill sets in which they already have within themselves. 
to, to be better. And if you ever saw the logo of Phoenix, it almost looks like a elliptical type, um, you know, logo, almost like a figure eight, but not really a figure eight. And that's because it's like a circular um, uh, progression for anybody. You can get in on that circle anywhere, right? And your start and your finish is different than everyone's. So it's a lot, it's very deep, you know, in terms of explaining why I went that route. At the end of the day, I wanted to create a, um, a lifestyle brand. <laughs> I didn't want Average Joe's Gym, you know, attached to a lifestyle brand. It doesn't really sell it. It doesn't, it doesn't speak it. It doesn't have people asking more about it. So uh, there were a lot of uh, strategic moves in deciding the name and, and how we went about marketing it and what it looks like and the sex appeal with it and so on and so forth. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, you seem like a very shrewd business person. And so it's it's just interesting to talk to you because it sounds like while you don't, you know, have all these degrees in business and management and all these things, it seems like you've come to a place where you have surrounded yourself with people Um the, you know, like you said, the people that you've had the ability to train and learn from, and even just things that you've probably taught yourself, that you've sort of become this version of yourself that I don't know, maybe would you even have thought that this would be your life, I don't know, 10 years ago? No, honestly, I I was I was a hard charger in the military. I was like advancing quickly, you know, deployment under my belt. Uh, you know, I received the Purple Heart, which, you know, it looks good on paper, um, not taking away from anybody who's obviously received it uh, posthumously. But it's like I had all these things going for me and I was like, I'm going you know, a hundred miles an hour to the PA to become a PA. I'm gonna stay in the military. I'm gonna be a hard charger and I'm just going to treat patients, do all this high speed stuff. And, um, sure enough, like plans change. Right. And, and that's what obviously the military has always, you know, taught you anytime you're making any kind of mission planning is that, uh, you have to have contingency plans in place. You have to understand all the variables that go into place. And, life got in the way and business made more sense to me than, than the field of uh, going into um, the medical field. And uh, yeah, so I would have never, to answer your question, I would have never imagined where I am today and, and, and how things have turned out for sure. Mm -hmm. So how long have you been in business? So it's uh, my personal brand has been in business, you know, five years, let's call it. My gym Phoenix opened three weeks before the first shutdown. So Oh we, no, I was yeah. going to ask you about that. Yep. So we <laughs> so we opened February 22nd of 2020 um and we closed March 16th, which was a Monday at 8 p.m. and we reopened uh July 2nd of 2020. So we were closed from March all the way to July, we obviously had a lot of constraints on how we could operate and run business within that um Time frame of opening from July and July to September, it changed a little bit. And now it's kind of been consistent with where it's been from September, but uh, like no real uh, constraints put on by the state or um, the government or anything like that. So everything's kind of been copacetic from there. Yeah, not really a good time to open, I guess, really any business, unless it's something that, you know, is considered essential or that you can do. But yeah, for like restaurants or any sort of gyms, things like that, not a good time to open. And I, it's interesting that you said that, because like I said at the beginning of this, we've not talked yet, so I didn't know that. But, you know, as we kind of segue into the next part of the conversation, 
um, you talk about like mental toughness and things like that. And so I was sort of thinking prior to us talking that, you know, it takes some mental toughness to operate this type of business in this day and age. So it's interesting that you say that. So we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail. But I did want to touch really quickly on the other thing that you've mentioned a little bit, just in yeah, terms yeah. of being kind of a life coach. So okay. you seem to me just from talking to you on this conversation, you seem like someone that could definitely be a life coach. So how what led you to doing that? Was that sort of hand in hand with the fitness journey? Uh, yes, uh, when I, it, it's, it's again, ever evolving, right? Because I, I'm just ranking the importance of what I do, right? So when I became, I guess I, when my business took off, because I was an independent contractor at the gym that I was training at, like, I wasn't an employee, I wasn't given, you know, you know, floor hours to go find clients or anything like that. I, I had to, you know, turn and burn and create clients from, you know, reputation and actually getting results. So a lot of my business was uh, nutrition specific, right? Or am I going to get some clients to, um, you know, be on a nutrition plan and follow out some goal to seek some result? And then they will be my marketing tool. So I became very good at that. Um, that's how my business took off to the point where I could no longer train uh, the clients that wanted to come see me. I had to, you know, outsource them to other trainers who I trained with and, the nutrition part was great. The physical stuff, you know, the, uh, in terms of the fitness approach, uh, that came easy, right? I have a military background. I have a CrossFit background. I, you know, I have my, my own uh, personal experience and certifications. That was easy. But, you know, when you get with these people two, three, four years down the line and they've become removed from their goals that they originally hit or set out for, you have to understand you can't just deal with that one variable uh, in isolation, right? Just nutrition or just fitness, right? You have to make other changes to this person's life because at the end of the day, it's those things, those life choices that they've made that put them in that position. So if you never remove them from those certain situations or teach them how to be in them, uh, you know, they will end up being there, uh, you know, years down the line. So it became like, all right, how do I skin this cat? I have to make some significant uh, psychological changes to how you see things, how you perceive things, uh, wh what's your perception on things. And then the physical changes can start to occur. Ultimately, you know, we start to revamp and optimize other things in your life, you know, and um, that's kind of how it evolved into where it's at. I don't tell that to a client the first day I meet them, hey, I'm going to audit your life and make some changes <laughs> for the better. Nine times out of 10, a client comes and like, oh, I want to lose weight. And I'm like, great, cool. I, I know how to get you there, but it's probably not the way you assume how to get there. Um, so we're going to do this, this, and this. And they're like, well, I don't understand how that works and how that goes into the, into the equation. And, you know, you zoom out and let them see the big picture of, and you're constantly in a state of like <laughs> um, sleep deprivation and you don't realize that you perpetuate that cycle. And you're like, oh. Okay, then well that makes sense. You know what I mean? So it's like, so it's 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 auditing their lives and 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 getting um really entrenched about you know them being better on all scales, not just when they see you. Well, it's interesting because I don't want to use like this, I feel like this has sort of become a buzzword, but you're basically taking this holistic approach where you're looking at all these different aspects that 
like you said, people don't even a lot of times think about like how important sleep could be or like little things that you can tweak that would make you feel so much better that would make you, like you said, not make poor food choices, have more energy to work out. But I mean, the approach that you're taking, it makes a lot of sense, but it also I'm sure takes a lot more commitment on your client's part. So do you find that you're able to get that commitment out of most of your clients in order to stick with it long enough to see the results? Well, I, it's a yes and a no, right? The clients that choose to stick around because they 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 understand the value in it, yes. Uh, the ch- the clients who live within a microwave society and want results yesterday, uh, no, they they typically don't. But then they typically coming they come back and they like, hey, this didn't work. But yeah, so I I care more about the direction more so than the speed. You know, earlier on in my career, it was like, how fast can I get these people to lose weight? How fast can I get this person to get a result? Like that's when I was young and naive and I understood as fast as it comes is as fast as it goes. And I haven't really taught anybody any, you know, tangible skills, right? And uh, when I started to audit what made me different, what made me better um, and what separated me from other trainers, let's call it, um, I had to say, oh, okay, what are the skills that I that I do well, right? What is like, you know, natural to me that might be like, um, you know, mind blowing to someone else, right? And started to to um, pick apart my own approach. So definitely, I definitely think that you you have to create these other connections so people can understand that, hey, if I can make this articulation and I can make this connection, um, I can group these things together and make better choices. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to quote a little piece of your bio right now because I want to kind of get into a little bit more of the life coaching aspect and like I mentioned earlier, the term mental toughness. So your bio says that you're passionate about helping successful people develop a mental toughness mindset that allows them to shift their perspectives and excel in more aspects of their lives. So we have touched on this already, so that kind of just summarized a lot of the things that we've touched on, but I want to dig into the mental toughness aspect because I feel like it's something that affects all aspects of someone's life. So how do you personally define mental toughness? Hmm. It, 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 my approach to mental toughness is your ability to see things for how they are and control what you can control, right? That sounds kind of cliche, but let me dive in a little bit about that. It's like, most people don't understand the idea of mental toughness because um, the monotony of doing something that they can, tr- can control um, gets boring to them, right? Uh, and, and they don't understand that it's who can sustain that level of, uh, I guess, <laughs> unfulfillment from doing the monotonous, the longest typically becomes the, the more successful of the two, right? It's not like eating a salad one day versus a person who's been eating salad and making better choices for 90 days, right? So it's, it, that's kind of how I define it, like how, how well are you able to kind of do the monotonous and, and how well are you able to you know, do the basics? Uh, the way I you know, put it in perspective to, I wanna call it civilians and or clients is, um, is do they have the ability to follow follow through with what they're going to say they're going to do, right? And the thing that I think helped me understand this and, and why, I, and this goes for everybody who's coming from the military, like you understand that in the military, we have orders, right? You have direct orders, right? Somebody's going to tell you what to do. You need to go do it. Then how they say to do it, no compromising, no justifying for how you feel. You just need to get it done, right? And 
that level of, you know, the amount of repetitions somebody in the military has to face of constantly taking orders, constantly taking orders, you understand that there is no room for me to justify or compromise what I want to do for my own comfort. Now let's flip the switch over to the civilian world, right? And society. That's, that's all there is. It's compromising every little thing for my own convenience, my own comfort, uh, when I feel like doing it, when I'm actually motivated to do it, you know, so on and so forth. So understanding that mental toughness is a derivative of not compromising on what the hell you have to do or what you say you're going to do at any cost, right? Doesn't matter whatever, like you feel, it doesn't matter the weather, it doesn't matter the aches and pains, like, you know, and doing that with as a repetition over time is what's going to build mental toughness in people. Yeah, and I think that's, I like that because when I think of mental toughness and maybe other people as well, you sort of start to think about like one defining moment, like something really hard that you've gone through that has made you a mentally tough person. And I'm sure that, you know, that could of course be it as well. But the idea of, you know, how well can you stick with something that's monotonous? How can you do it repetitively to keep getting better? Uh, that's different than what I would have thought when I read the phrase mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I necessarily have uh, one moment that is a defining uh, moment in my life, but I know I have a series of them that constantly remind me I need to get my head on straight. Right. And it, it's it's expanded into my everyday life that I have constantly reminders, but it's also like, again, big off experiences that kind of do that. For, for me, one of the things that I knew I had to have um, some level or keep some level of edge is, is because I use like my own personal story. And this is where, when I work with, um, you know, executives and C-suite people um, who are really just trying to optimize where they are, I have them use a story of why not me, right? Like, why am I not getting the, the, you know, the raise that I get? Why am I not getting the role that I want? Why am I not getting, you know, this position that I need or whatever the case may be? For me, I, I use my mental toughness because it comes from a story. It's derived from a story of why not me? And if this goes back to that chip on the shoulder as a veteran, like you, you, you get out of the military and you, you know, some part of you thinks that you're entitled to certain things, like, cause people don't know what you've been through. They don't know your story. They don't really get it. They kind of get it, but they think they don't get it. Like it's a, and I'm like, well, why not me? Like I'm, my circumstances, my experiences have made me better. Watch me show you, right? Like, let me show, like, this is where I step in and, and, and separate myself from, you know, someone who doesn't have the, the benefit of having, you know, a life or death experience, right? Someone who doesn't understand the seriousness of their their actions of training, you know, training at nauseum and so you can get things done, you know, um, to a T, you know? And that has been like my underlying mental toughness, like mental check-in um, throughout the years, you know, to help me stay uh, kind of sharp, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, I like that. Now, one of the other things that I think I read on your bio that I want to get some clarification, see if you can explain to us a little bit more, is the concept of becoming the CEO, help, that you help people become the CEO of their lives. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, and, and that's, uh, it's, it's pretty simple. It's, it's not sexy at all. It's like you are responsible for what you can control, 
right? And the two things you can control more times than not, uh, you know, as a civilian and, and in some way, shape or form, uh, is a lot to do with your environment. And then the thing that you can always control is how you react to things within your environment, right? So once you can understand that I can only be upset or, or mad or discouraged, not only, that's, pre that's a pretty extreme word, but the majority of, of my um, interpretation of those things is only set to, you know, my environment and so on and so forth. Like, once I have that understanding that I am responsible for how I react in those certain situations, I am not a victim or I am not held hostage by anything that I can't control, right? So having people make the flip this switch and have that aha moment with like, putting their thoughts and feelings up on a board and then saying, okay, what of this situation can you actually control? None of it, okay, move on. Or uh, some of it, okay, let's see how we can make better choices in the future. Again, treat that instance as a rep, having them make these repetitions in their lives, start to understand like, oh, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not phased by much of what's happening, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a great saying. Maybe that's that could be the title of our podcast. I like that. <laughs> that's great. I love it. So what's next for you? Because, you know, we're talking right now. You're on this podcast. Um, you know, obviously, then you have, I would assume, you've already alluded to some aspirations to grow your business. So I know you're kind of new at this point. You said the gym opened at this point almost a year ago. So do you plan on expanding, you know, any new business ventures or upcoming projects soon? Or are you just sort of still kind of getting, you know, getting everything settled at your current facility? The, the, the great thing about like uh, always wanting to relate to clients is uh, or just to people in general, uh, you always find yourself in the midst of opportunity. Right. So with even opening uh, within a year, um, I've had the the um, I have had the ability to consult for a lot of uh, not only residential, um, but, you know, um, commercial uh, real estate type uh, fitness facilities and expand my consulting on that side. Uh, we've also are breaking into a residential model of doing hybrid locations. So we're able to tap into some of the, you know, high-rise uh, apartment buildings that have facilities, especially with COVID going on, and have a residential trainer be the trainer to that building or that facility, um, which allows us to expand almost like laterally within what we do, right? We're able to kind of um, uh, inject ourselves into a new community, let's call it, with without having to do the overhead of uh, brick and mortar, right? So that's something that we're uh, working on currently. And then um, and then we're also continuing to look on for new opportunities in terms of uh, brick and mortar. So we're, we're stepping into the virtual space of having, excuse me, our app. We're working on, you know, it's called Powered by Phoenix, which where we become the residential trainers of um, certain apartment buildings and um, luxury um, high rises. And then, uh, and then we're looking at brick and mortar. So it's a lot of opportunity on the horizon and a lot of um, good things to, to come in the next year. What I think is so cool about that is like a full circle opportunity where, you know, you opened right before COVID and even going back to this mental toughness as aspect of the conversation where, you know, some people might get so down on themselves. Why did this happen to me when I finally get on my feet and open this gym? But now you're benefiting off of the same thing that 
could have gotten you down in the dumps the first time, you know, with COVID. It's like now it's presented you with this opportunity to do the residential training and expand your business that way. So I think that, you know, your mindset based on everything you've described already is such a testament to how you practice what you preach. Yes, it's 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 been great um, for it's it's all about moving. Don't sit still. You know what I mean? And and for me, once COVID hit and the shutdown happened, like I think I was I was like I had it was my first time I was able to kind of come up for air in terms of like the planning phase to get that thing opened. I was like able to take that deep breath and I was like, okay, what do I need to work on now? And uh, you know, that shutdown allowed me to keep moving and work on other, you know, back end things that were super important. And um, it didn't give me time to sulk. It didn't give me time to feel bad about myself. It didn't give me time to be negative about opening up three weeks before, you know, a global pandemic, right? Um, mm -hmm. It allowed me to keep moving and focus on, you know, new opportunity as opposed to hoping that it'll fall in my lap one day. Yeah, definitely. So David, we're about to wrap up. Is there anything else that you would like to share with anyone who's listening? And, you know, we've touched on a lot of things here, so it could be related to your, you know, journey as a business owner your transition, although I know you're still in the reserve, so maybe just leaving active duty or really anything else that you would want to share. Yeah, I have a professional uh, uh, advice, I would say, for anybody who's getting out of the military, uh, recently out of the military or, um, you know, planning on transitioning to get out. It's, you don't need to have everything figured out right away, but you have the luxury of finding something that you're passionate about, right? most veterans don't realize that they've already served one portion of a career, which most people don't have the luxury of doing, you know, when they get out of college and they need to just find their actual career, you know? So uh, be patient with yourself and also just find out what you're passionate about uh, in that, in that time, right? You're not going to have it figured out right away. Uh, mine has been, you know, 10 years in the, in, in the making, let's call it. Um, so that's the biggest thing I can say is just definitely be patient with yourself and find something you're passionate about. Yeah, I think that's great advice. So I'm sure that you're active on social media with your business, growing that and growing your audience. So for any of our listeners that want to find you and engage with you and kind of keep up with what you're doing in the future, can you tell us where they can follow along? Yes. Uh, my uh, personal Instagram page is uh, D two underscores, then my last name, P-E-R-E-I-R-A. And the gym's Instagram is at Phoenix, F-E-N-I-X dot Englewood, E-N-G-L-E-W-O-O-D. And I, I'm pretty uh, uh, active on there. Uh, if anybody definitely wants to reach out, anybody thinking about, even if they want to have a business conversation with them transitioning out, I am willing to do that. Any of my personal trainers out there, if you need a little bit of guidance, want some understanding about what we do, Definitely anybody who's in the Northeast uh, who wants to reach out and um, close to New Jersey and definitely wants to have that conversation. I, I love to mentor. I love to teach. I love to coach people. That's what I do every day. That's why I'm passionate about it. And I would I would do it, you know, especially for one of my brothers and sisters who are um, who are transitioning out of the military and have these questions. Well, I can tell you're passionate. I can feel that. And you just seem like such an approachable person. So hopefully anyone who's listening is, you know, gleaning some insight from you. And if they have any similar passions in pursuit of the opening a fitness studio or, you know, any other sort of entrepreneurial journey, hopefully they can reach out to you to get advice because you seem like a great person to consult with for that. Thank you, Megan. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.